Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast, bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Mike and Zach. Are you guys excited for single eliminations? I'm super excited. I don't have to play for a week, uh, so I get to watch everybody else you know, down in the trenches, um, you know, fighting it out, uh, you know, um, to make it to round two or the, I guess, round one, because this is the plan round technically. Um, so, yeah, I'm having a hell of a time. Yeah, I, uh, I do have a uh, to play a game this week and I'm opening it against 13 activation droids. Um, you and the rest <laughs> of Invader League, Kyle. You yeah. And the rest well, of Invader League. Um, <laughs> There are only only 11 of the 80 lists or 13 activation droids, um, which we'll get to. Which is more than the entire amount of Imperial lists, but that's... It, yes. We'll get to that later. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm playing uh, Death Trooper Wargaming as the guy's handle. He is uh, German. And uh, yeah, I'm terrified because, um, you know, those, those Germans know what they're doing with Legion. They uh, kind of came into Team League sort of unheralded it and stomped their way uh, through most of this. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah they, did. Not, they did. So anyway, that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, let's, before we get to Invader League, let's hit some housekeeping real quick because we have some exciting, exciting stuff here, Mike. Yeah, so we have awesome limited edition um, order tokens for, uh, th- that are available. They are in very, there's various um, kind of art for, you know, each perspective uh, kind of theme. So make sure you check them out. They're really cool. They're available on the fifthtrooper.com slash shop. Um, I, so I don't want to like sound salesy here, but if you're at all interested in them, um, they're literally flying off the shelves, so to speak. Um, I would be very surprised if they were like in stock. Like there, this is a pre-order, just to be clear. Um, I would be sort of surprised if they were still like like we only have a certain number that we ordered, and they're going to be out of stock by the end of the week. I I, I got to imagine just based on the rate that they're selling today. Um, so let's hope that they're still in stock when you hear this podcast on Wednesday. I'm, I'm going to strive to get this out on Wednesday this <laughs> yeah. week um, just to make sure that that's true. So, you know, um, I, it's it's entirely possible that we're already out by the time this podcast is out based on the rate that we were selling today. I don't expect it to like sell at the same rate as like when we were like, hey, this dropped, right? But um, who knows? Uh, so just uh if you're interested in any of the sweet designs that we've cooked up um you know get in on it while while you can so yeah there um, are there are six different ones there are six different okay. ones um they're all really cool they are um you Can't know some, some some are like pretty themey some are more you know creative um depends on what you're looking for i i think they're all great um frankly so you know uh to check them out but yeah, and i mean um business part aside 
I think it's a sign that we're taking like that next step forward where people are like really hungry for like tokens that are actually going to go on a table. Right. You know, like we're just inching our way there uh, and, you know, to have those ready to go when you first get on the table would be nice, you know? Yeah. Um, And secondarily uh, we will be um, shipping our fifth trooper branded cubicle Raiders. Um, pretty soon here so be on the lookout for that if you pre-ordered it and if you haven't um cubicle raiders is a game that we designed um and is completely in-house by the fifth trooper team so um check it out it is uh it's kind of a maybe a preview of other things we could be doing in the future so um you know if you want to support us uh cubicle raiders is a great way to do that Outside of that, I think we can probably jump into this chaos-laden fiasco that is known as Invader League. (laughs) Indeed. So we are going to do the breakdown of the various types of lists as well as the faction breakdown in a minute. But first, I think we should talk about what you and I are bringing. Yeah. And, and why we ultimately chose to bring what we're bringing. Should so. we flip a coin on who goes first? Or why don't you pick a model in front of you, Mike, and see what happens? Pick a model in front of me. So, we... so I, Zach is referencing my, uh, uh yes. <laughs> my Sorry. method. I, I, for, I forgot about the story. Yeah. 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 I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Tell, tell the audience why you're wrong. <laughs> why I'm wrong. <laughs> No, no, no. Why don't you tell the audience why you have a parachute that's stuck to your back just in case anything goes wrong, Kyle? I'm not sure I follow. Oh, you're gonna blame you're gonna blame your child if you if you lose with this list. No, I'm not. She is flawless. If uh, if she chose if she shows uh she did not choose poorly. If I I mess up, that's on me. Um no, I so (laughs) I was waffling as I normally do. Surprise, Um, surprise. And uh, I eventually decided that I wanted to play a force user because that is what I do. And that's fun for me. Um, I could have played 13 activation droids, I guess, but that's not fun for me. And it's probably not fun for my opponent either. So (laughs) yeah. And and I'm pretty sure that Mike and I both were like, dude, play force user. That is what you're comfortable with. It is. I just force user. <laughs> playing playing you with a force user and playing you without a force user are two very different experiences. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, now the the context that you're talking about was a somewhat unique setup. But well, I, I I generally I mean like we played lots of games. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Not just that one. Um, right. Yeah, it's my comfort zone. Anyway, so my th- my three favorite force users, excluding Palpatine. Uh, are Jedi Luke, Dooku, and Darth Maul. So um, I could not decide between the three. So basically, I, I have all of those models painted. So <laughs> I pulled them all out, and I asked my four-year-old daughter which one was her favorite model and dis- determined that I would let her decide basically which one I was playing. So with no hesitation whatsoever, she immediately picked up Darth Maul. Um, As any kid would. I mean, it's got to be the double saber, right? I mean, it definitely looks the coolest. It My does. kid is obsessed with Darth Maul. He knows nothing about him. <laughs> I was p- putting on Star Wars, seriously, not to like cut you off, putting on Star Wars the other day, just like to have in the background. I like to throw it in the background. I don't really watch it. I just throw it in the background. That way I can kind of like, if he like pays attention to it, you know, maybe he'll get into it. Oh no, he's into it. 
And I was trying to put on Attack of the Clones. Why? I don't know. Maybe I hate myself. That's that's for another discussion. Hey, it's so a- I want Darth Maul. He keeps yelling at me. I want Darth Maul. So I put on a Phantom Menace. And no, it's not that I can just put on a Phantom Menace. I have to skip ahead to the Darth Maul scenes. Now, my son is three years old. And my point being is children gravitate to Darth Maul. What it is, double lightsaber, uh, his crazy look. I don't know what it is. Kids gravitate to them. I'm not surprised by her choice whatsoever. I was because she actually knows who Luke Skywalker is. She calls him little Skywalker. Um, well, there's a problem she, right there. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't know who, the, who Darth Maul is, but anyway, that's who she picked. So I made a Darth Maul list. Um, I had sort of thrown about, there was like an 11 activation and a 12 activation version that basically didn't have B2s. Uh, the 11 had, you can do the 11 with two B2s, um, but it's like the bid is really low and, um, uh, you know, it's just, it's kind of light on beef other than the two B2s and Maul. Um, so ultimately I went the 10 activation version with Maul, three B2s, three B1s with E5s, um, a T-series, one sniper and the Sith droids. Congratulations! You took the lowest activation separatist list in Invader League. <laughs> there is a there are there are a uh, there are like one or two Dooku Maul lists that are nine activations, but yeah, okay. yeah, um, yeah. There's not very many. I mean, so we'll get to this, but most of the, nearly all of the separatist lists have the T series in them as a commander. So, um, let me hold. Yeah. On. Let me put my shock face. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, I took the T-Series also because if I'm running Darth Maul, you're obligated to. I guess you can run Field Commander with Darth Maul if you wanted to. You're not um, obligated to, but... Well, you have to take a Commander. Well, sure, but you're not obligated okay, to take Okay, you could take Dooku or Grievous. Yeah. You could also take like a Field Commanded, like a... Right, 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 yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I um, just... I would like to maintain the fact that there are okay, diverse I'm sorry. amount of options. Yes, you're, you're <laughs> obligated to take a Commander. I took the T-Series. Um, so yeah, uh, it's actually essentially identical to the list that I played for my last game in round robin. So, um, you know, it's got Maul, it's got the B2s with the, um, the rocket launcher. Um, it's, it's good. It's decent at slugging it out at close range. It's not so decent at things like bombing run. Uh, but Luckily, I have a 20-point bid in that list, so I actually outbid my first opponent who has 13 uh, activation stacks. I don't stacks, think I caught so. that. I don't think I knew you had a 20-point bid. Yeah, yeah, 20-point bid. And I think that's something that we probably will talk about a little bit later in the cast as far as separatist lids, <clears throat> uh, lists and bidding, but... Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could have... if I, I could have gone to 11, and it would have been a much lower bid, but I decided to basically cut an activation to make it... Yeah. yeah. So that's actually, like thinking in my head i'm actually surprised i shouldn't say surprised the list feels very much like you kyle right the list feels like something you're comfortable with it's got a lot of diversity with the b2s the b1s you know the one sniper it's got a force user but i was surprised you went 10 versus 11 not gonna lie now i understand the bidding part was important and we i think we discussed it last week honestly last week was a haze for me when we were talking about droids and core and you know how to utilize them i think we might have hedged on bidding and mike you said we'll talk about it afterwards so i, I do think the 20 point bid is important for the list of course um it is yeah it's really bad at bombing run and breakthrough and um 
but the 11th activation is also big. So it's long like, end to long edge, long edge to long edge rather. Yeah. So I guess, I guess time will tell, right? Like you're gonna have to play these games and you'll yeah. know playing them, like whether you missed that 11 activation or if the 20 point bit was worth it. Right. I mean, the only way you're going to figure that out is by playing these games. So, yeah. And actually I ran the 11 activation version. I did a practice game over the weekend with David and, um, uh, you, you have to cut some B2s. I think the, the way I ran it, I only had one B2. So it was five B1s and one B2. Sure. And, um, it ended up being being pretty close at the end, but like, I basically I lost all of my B ones uh, <laughs> because they die really fast. Yeah, they, they, um, it should be noted that the beef of your B twos make up for the lack of. I want to say the lack of an activation, right? Because it, it, an added activation is a different story, but it adds beef where you're not like melting quickly, yeah. right? So it, it's it's kind of like a catch twenty two. You're gaining and losing. You're getting an activation, but different aspects yeah. of the ballista. Yeah. I just, I mean, B ones are fine, right? They're cheap, but man, when they get focused, they go down like very quickly before you can, before you can evacuate them. Which is, you know, getting getting almost dead units out of the line of fire so you can save their activation is like an important hallmark of good competitive play. And <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> um, when your units made a prenup barrel, that's kind of difficult. So. Anyway, I was feeling that pain when I tried the 11 activation list. Um, so, yeah, I wanted the B2s. So that's what I'm taking. We'll see if it's good enough, um, you know, against a 13 activation list. But anyway, I do think what, that, yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, I think it's, uh, it's going to be a tough matchup in the current field, I think. Yeah, probably. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because you'll be out-activated by a lot of lists. I will say that I think against like any non-separatist list that has you out activated, you probably have a really good chance. Like, oh, like, like, totally. like, like your, your win percentage potential is like here. Right. Yeah. But, like, I think these, these lists that out activate you by two, three, and, and you're going to have your back against the wall. I mean, not to like put yeah, you well, in like, bad well, mindset, Kyle, <laughs> like, but I mean, you know, you know it to be true. Yeah. Like, like you, what we're saying isn't something you haven't processed in your head already. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. I know. All right, Mike, what'd you take? I'm playing Rexstar. <laughs> uh, you know, so in fairness, I didn't start on, I mean, I pretty much, other than the game I played against you um, in Round <laughs> Robin, uh, I pretty I much I wish played, you had run Rexstar. I know you do. I know you do. Uh, <laughs> um, I uh, I pretty much ran Rexstar or Arcstar. I played Arcstar, like, a couple times in round robin um i actually think it's still fine you know it's just like i do think rex star is better when you know, just like just objectively better now um i just have fun playing with full arc units because your margin of uh, error with arc star is oh it's, it's a lot zero. less you, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you you can't make a mistake when yeah. you don't have three strike teams you know um so the difference between arcstar and rexstar right now is rexstar you gain an activation but that's a you know z6 units without without the overwatch in the equation like the offensive push shenanigans it doesn't really matter what unit is doing it for the most part so um you know the sharpshooter on the arcs was great when you were taking three to four standby shots with them a turn and you could really like you know you print money when you're factoring sharpshooter one in um and and 
you know, are able to like add Pierce to those shots too. Right. So while having impervious on the flip side. Yeah. You know, it, it, it makes you, it, you can eat the shots easier. You can dish it out more. Yeah. Regardless. Um, I, and so um, what I was actually testing for Elims was uh, standby sharing arc star, uh, <laughs> um, which it was just like, it was Rex Padme, a generic two full arcs, an arc strike team, fives in a phase two unit and like two phase ones. If that's not nine, there was like something else thrown in there. Um, it's just like one standby token, it, it like makes it hard on your opponent, but it's not unbeatable, um, you know? And for what you're paying to do it, it just like wasn't worth it. And if they ever get a hold of Padme and like rip her out of your lines, it's like, it's game over. Took the words out of my mouth. I, yeah, yeah. We've had the discussion a couple times, so. No, nah, man, like Bushman, like, when I, I was telling you guys before the cast, he, he played, he was playing off Luke. He was playing like the Wookiee spam list and he charged into my lines. He double moved Luke in force pushed the thing that the Wookiees had charged out and then served the Wookiees into Padme. And I was just like, oh. that's such a good play. <laughs> I was just like, Oh, you know, and it was, um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely like messed it up a little bit, but it's just when, when you're talking about like there's no room for error, like you have to get all the range bands exactly right. So regardless, I flip back to Rexstar. Um, so I'm playing four phase twos, one phase one, Rex, clone commander, um, triple strike teams. Um, there's offensive push on all the phase twos so that you can form it four X, take that clankers. Um, you know, aggressive tactics. It's, you know, it's your clone ball. Um, I'm really happy I took it uh, after looking at all these lists that we're about to go through. Um, yeah, I don't know. Here's a question that you may or may not want to answer. And that's go fine. for it. On the four up Clanker's turn. Yep. Are you really going to take four shots or are you going to beef up two? It depends. Yeah, you know, like you sitting know, here thinking about it, and and, and I, I guess I never really process, but you have you have fives who can coordinate, and you and you got um, direct, so you can get those four orders out right, basically, and you got offensive push. But the whole benefit of TTC, or at least how you've played in the past, is to beef up the aim token so you can load up two shots. You can't necessarily do that with four. Now you can with offensive push. Maybe it's a little bit different because you're, you're gaining more aims because the other time they had overwatch versus offensive push, right? Yeah. Um, but the issue is if you're not in a position, you have to take that move to crack out O push. You're getting the same amount of aims out. So what, like... So what's nice about it is that um, before... So generally speaking, I don't tap all the O pushes on the take that clanker's turn. Yeah. Uh, generally. Like, it's generally two or three. Um and that's because most of the time, like when you're TTC and you, it, you kind of like you're, you're setting up the shots, right? What it does is it allows you to not worry where your TTC units are because it's just like, 
you can TTC with any of your units, right? Right. Um, you have the options. Yeah. So um, that's really where the benefit comes in, and you've got offensive pushes in the in your back pocket for later, right? Um, you know, aim tokens are never a bad thing when playing clones. Um, no, no, so, totally not. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to see what your approach was going into it I mean, because. It could be an overload to think, right? If you if you overthink those four shots, you could actually have like four lackluster shots at range four rather than two very good shots. If you, in the words of like Han Solo, don't get cocky, kid. You know what I mean? Like, and that's something you have to approach, especially when you're going up against these lists that you actually really need to leverage your TTC against them, right? Yeah, it's also worth mentioning that... Um it's a lot harder to laser things without the aim spam from scout moves. Um, you know, you don't, you don't have an extra four or five aim tokens on the first turn. So often, sometimes you just have to take a TTC shot with one or two aim tokens, you know, sometimes you're just taking it with the offensive push, which is like, I sort of feel like is like what the, yeah, there you go. There you go. I appreciate that Kyle. Revenge. Uh, you know, um, I mean, like, like just tapping O-Push and using Take That Clankers with one aim token still is fine. Oh, you know? it's absolutely fine. Like, I, you know, just taking a regular shot at range four is still, like, really good. <laughs> I was simply I was simply basing this question off the times I've seen you use TTC. Yeah, yeah. You I know mean, what like, I mean? You, you want to you laser beam it to 10 hits if you can, right? Right. But, like, you know, the, the fives... Fives with an aim token with surge token backup is generally like, you know, it's still really good. It's yeah. still like seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like with one aim token, right? Right. You know, and it's just like, all right. That's ridiculous. I actually messaged Kyle like when I was writing the blog about fives last week. I was like, Kyle, uh, what's the number on like fives with like one aim but no surge tokens behind him? And he was like, uh, I think, I think it might have been five, right? Is that what it is? Five? Uh, and then with the extra body, it's six or something stupid. With, yeah. the, with, with one aim, no surge tokens. With no surge tokens, yeah. Like, and so obviously you're going to have aim tokens and surges behind you on that shot. <clears throat> now you don't have the extra body, which we discussed. And I understand that you were you wanted to keep those surge tokens. Like, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I just, um, I think nowadays, so what I've personally found as far as clones go is that uh, when you don't have the Overwatch bubble to keep everybody out, you're getting shot a lot more, which means you're spending a lot more search tokens just generally. Um, and you're also trading shots a lot more because it's it's less about zoning and more about like just shooting your opponent. Yeah, right? getting yourself into the trenches and just shooting. Yeah, um, and you're and you're not only you're not just shooting with one or two units. You're shooting with like everybody right like everybody is shooting you're like all five core units are like up in their grill firing every turn and when you're throwing 50 dice a turn <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, thir 13 act droids throw 73 dice a turn so don't don't do that kyle they don't do it nearly as consistently no 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 it's no. five not. clone core but units I, I math i math out like I math out some of the lists earlier and I think, I think I came to 73 dice were potentially thrown yeah, at sure. full health. Yeah. That's I, another story. Yeah. The reality of that is very different, but um, like totally. in, in clone lists, like they are throwing 50 dice at you. Totally. Because um, they, they, they got to be in that position to, to like to get 
their points and and mm-hmm. like get their opponent like you you want to just basically just like jab your opponent with them the whole, as as much as you can. It's well, just they're so not, they're not nearly as vulnerable to attrition. That's yeah. also very true. The other yes. thing is that like you know getting five unit leaders in position as opposed to nine is like big big difference as far totally. as being able to manage it so particularly when three of them are large base steps so um in any case i'm playing rex star i'm feeling good about it uh i think it's very well positioned in the meta yep um yep i agree so yeah i mean the only like list that like hurts you would be like what like a long range cassian like high velocity i'm not really scared of that yeah yeah, i'm I'm more scared of like uh you know an uncontested luke or yeah like maul getting into my lines and like not having rexes take that clink uh call me captain up to like properly deal with it or whatever like call me captain is like really difficult to like be good against luke it is Uh, like operative luke just because disengage is silly um, well and he just plays uh full of surprises and it bounces <laughs> like yeah i mean you're still gonna shoot him well clearly i'm yeah, just yeah. saying like you're not gonna you maul is very squishy jedi yeah. luke is not totally. maul, maul can very easily get punched slash rex fire supported on take on call me captain to death um yeah. it's much harder to do with luke absolutely um you know i found personally that like the best way to deal with operative luke is just like double move away from him with everybody and he can't he can't he can't chase down everyone <laughs> like you know um he can try uh but um yeah so uh in any case that's those are the things that i fear the most but it's uh my side of the bracket is looking pretty <clears throat> Dread heavy. So, why don't we talk about uh, this this meta breakdown? There, I think there's good news and bad news here. Um, yeah. Overall, I mean, and, and the bad the news is not like you know terrible. It's just I think you know we need to talk about it. Yeah. So let's let's start with I guess this would be the bad news is the faction breakdown. Yeah. This is this is like the headline number, right? So going from least to most. There are seven empire. Oh, uh, how many lists are there total? Oh, I'm sorry. There's 80. Eight. Okay, great. Uh, seven out of 80 empire. Can we have a moment of silence for empire? <laughs> all right. Um, now, they're all different. They're all somewhat different lists. But uh, yeah, there are seven. There are twice as many rebels at 15. So that's a little more expected, right? Um, oh. It's almost 25%. There are 18 Republic. And the remainder is 38 <laughs> droid lists. So almost half the lists are droid lists. I have it, I have the numbers from last IL to yep. I have them somewhere. There there are a lot. It's like 20, 20, 15, and like 30. I was just I looking think, at it today, too. Aisle. Yeah. Um, um, I want to say, without having them in front of me, I want to say it was like 20, 20, 18, and like, like, 10 or something like that last season. It was like around that number, we'll call it, right? It was it was a reasonable uh, yes. disposition. Uh, it, yeah. I think it's fair to say um, that droids are overrepresented in this meta and 
everything else is probably a little underrepresented with empire being like super underrepresented um yeah and empire was underrepresented last season too whereas was. the distribution between the other three was more even yeah i'm gonna go on a limb here and say that i saw this coming i'm not shocked by this list disparity I, at all i'm not either i uh you know, seeing the seven empire is a little bit of a sad confirmation of what I expected. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, I mean, not to be like a little bit of a downer. It's, it's more than I expected after kind of like hearing people like, you know, talking. I mean, some people didn't play in chat for a week. You know, well, yeah. literally people didn't play in Vader League because they were concerned they couldn't win with empire. So like, yeah, you're already taking out some people that, you know, play empire competitively right off the gate. Right. Like they're just shaved right off the top. Yeah. Um, and, you and know, to me, this feels a little bit like a chicken and egg situation. I mean, we talked about Empire two casts ago, three casts ago. I think oh. there are some like viable Empire build options. For sure. But, but you have like this now for two seasons, basically, where they're just perceived as objectively bad. Um, and it's I think it's sort of like this self-perpetuating cycle where, you know, the top tier competitive players view them that way. So they play something else. And then, yep. you know if the good players aren't playing empire then empire is perceived as being bad and you know it's like this continuous cycle totally. um, and there are a lot of there are a lot of things in the points update that got cheaper that uh, you know you see represented in some of these empire lists but i think people aren't really exploring generally um I, the, I do think generally though like just to speak to like the empire issue or whatever it's it's very hard to put a list together that looks good on paper that can win like eight in a row not only that but like you know in order to get like a 10 activation empire list together like you've got to cut some corners yeah right mm -hmm. you've got no bid yep um meanwhile droid players are having a field day Right. Well, and, and it, even and even Republic players can put together 10, 11 activations and still have a ton of beef there in a decent bit. So. Totally. I mean, I, I definitely, you know, Republic um, does a lot of what Empire is trying to do, at least outside like the vehicle front and stuff significantly better. And I mean, you could even make the case, I think, nowadays that like Barks are like way better than uh, speeder bikes and the Sabre tanks, probably better than the ATST. It's just like, um, you know, I... I do think that like you're right in that I, I think one of the problems here is that a lot of the things that are good about Empire are kind of untested from like a large majority of the competitive community. Um, you know, we talked about like captains with offensive push and all that jazz. Like I haven't seen anybody playing anything like that. And I think that's very wrong. <laughs> um, you know, so I don't know. Probably should be prefaced. And we discussed this precast, and, and I'm going to bring it up here because it probably makes the most sense of what we're discussing. That 38 droid list is probably something you see mostly because it's tabletop simulator. Yeah. And I'm not saying that there's not that many competitive players playing droids, right? There's plenty of people that play this game competitively and they play droids. But if I were to look at some of these names playing droids, I would bet that maybe some of them don't even own droids in real life and and, and that i'm not trying to knock them they want to play that list that's absolutely fine listen go ahead run those 13 act droids i might not i might not like it 
but you have every right to do so. I'm not dumping on you for doing that. But my point is the numbers get really skewed when you're playing with fake toys, right? Like we're not playing with the things we own. We're playing with the things that we can just pop up onto a loading disc and throw it onto the table. And that's fine in itself, but I want to preface it that these numbers are, you know, tabletop simulator skewed a little bit because of what's available to you at hand. Yeah. I mean, like if, if droids were perceived to be the best faction, you know, um, I'm sure that there are some people that would go out and buy, you know, sure, absolutely, a, a separatist list for $600 and paint the whole thing for the next tournament. But I think the vast majority of people would stick with the factions they've picked and try absolutely. to make the best of it, right? Um, and I think that uh, we would see far more innovation um, because of that to some extent right like you're like i play empire empire are the only miniatures i have so i need to find a way to make this work you have more incentive to do that like it's pretty easy to just be like okay i can just play the best thing right um it actually brings me back to something that we talked about on a podcast i don't god only knows when right but uh there was a tournament in australia you had them send us the lists and now i know it's a totally different story because australia got boned on getting some stuff right okay but like some of the lists had to like improvise because they didn't have all the phase twos and all the art troopers. And, and like, you know, I'm just thinking clones off the top of my head. Cause that's when clones were a little more prevalent because of standby sharing. I think it was still around when we were talking about this. That's how long ago it was. Okay. But the point is people played what they owned and that changes the skews of the lists. Uh, and again, I'm not knocking anyone for doing what they're doing on tabletop simulator. That is what it's there for. But I'm just saying as a listener, you need to understand that these numbers have a little inflation because of it. Yeah, so why don't we actually go in and break down uh, sort of internally, like what each of these um, list categories look like, because I think the good news here is that, you know, like within a internal faction balance perspective, you have some good variety here. Um, Like, would you have thought uh, six months ago that we would see airspeeders and rebel veterans and Wookiees in serious eliminations lists? No. no. And, um, we can have a conversation about if they're serious lists or not. Uh, <laughs> but I think but, I think yeah. I think definitely think the the Wookiee and the airspeeder ones are. Um, yeah, jury's out on them, I mean, right? We'll have to see how they perform. I, I think you talk to a lot of people, like legit people in the competitive community, about what the best medalists are, and double airspeeder 12 activation rebels would be on that list. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that or not, but the, part, the fact that this is even a conversation, I think, is is interesting, right? Yeah, yeah totally. Um, so, so let's, let's go uh, in the same order we went earlier. So, Empire, um, we got one Palpatine list one item slash operative Vader list, one double bounty list, one Iden three, three, three list, which is uh, basically Iden, you know, three special forces, three shores, three mortars. I'm surprised we didn't see more of that one. The list isn't um, that good. Well, well, we'll circle back around to that. I'm not sure I necessarily agree with that, but uh, one, only one Callus, Callus, Veers, Bosk, all at the same time. Uh, one Bubba list and one Vader, tripled flame do back, four snowtrooper ion <laughs> list. Which is that clearly is... designed as a droid counter list. That is, in fact, um, if I should win my first uh, game, that is the list that awaits me. <laughs> I mean, 
I feel like it's not in a bad spot. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, I also feel like that list of empire lists is just like empire players like throwing everything into a ball and like they're like into like a can of paint and just like throwing it at the wall and see what sticks. Uh, is like well, how I feel about that list. I mean, I think I do think it's specifically designed as a droid. No, 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 not that list specifically. The list of seven. Oh, I see. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like we're gonna we're gonna put all these lists into this bucket of paint and we're gonna throw it at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, it's like it's it. As Kyle was reading it, I was reading it along with him, and I kind of got the same sentiment that you did, not in a different way, but I was looking at it like, man, I feel like I should be excited about this, but it kind of like. I wasn't like I felt like oh man like it, there's variety but is it it doesn't feel great I mean the one thing that could, that is surprising when we mentioned this precast is one callus um, maybe I expected more because it's usually the new hotness gets in there but I can understand heading into single limbs that's kind of like I think it's too new it's hard to play a new unit I mean the thing is though is that like I think that if a lot of these lists had callus in them, I probably would feel a little bit different than I do about them. And this is coming from someone that's never seen callus on the table, but like he's good enough to change how some of these lists function. Um, but I understand the hesitation. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't think anything here like sticks out to me is like, uh, uh, like heavily favored to win the tournament or anything. Um, I think the Vader triple D packs one is like, you know, could really take, if, if it gets the right matchups could, could take its bracket by storm. Um, but well, he's guaranteed a droid opponent in his first round. Cause he plays the winner of my match, <laughs> which is against the droid. Yeah. So, um, yeah. At least for one match, he made a medical. It appears. How many to be activations <laughs> it's so it is only eight activations. Yeah. Mm. Uh, never mind. I, I think I think like they it. have a good chance if you win. <laughs> I think they have no chance against a thirteen act list. But it, I mean, it depends on objectives and stuff, right? Like, yeah, sure. I just against the thirteen act list, they're getting out activated five times. Yeah, yeah. five that, to six times, right? That is, yeah, five to six, depending on priority. That is a lot. Like, it no is. matter what's going on in the game, that is a lot. It is, which yeah. again is is more of a testament to the droid list not the imperialist i'm not yeah. you know trying to bash the imperialist it's just what the 13 act droid list can do is the issue yeah or even like an 11 activation list you know yeah this, yeah. yeah yeah anyway uh all right so that is empire uh I, I, there's also just like one other thing i want to call out here okay. and, and i think that this is important just from like a list building perspective i think the fact that we don't see any focus here as far as like none of like the empire players have not agreed on what's good right um i think yeah. it is important to just kind of i don't want to like hit that nail over and over and over again but i think it's like not only are we seeing there are only seven empire lists here there is no um, consensus on like what you should or should not be playing as an empire player, which is um, unusual. It's super unusual. Unusual in this and, game, and, and we're gonna, we're going to see that trend. I think as we go through the other three factions, that trend to me is very evident. Totally, um, totally. Yeah, I do think it's a little bit less evident in the rebels, but um... to, yeah, but I mean, like I think that there is still like some pretty heavy trends. To Somewhat yeah. of a plug and play situation there. I think. Yep. Yeah. All right. 
So let's move on to Republic. There are 18 Republic lists of them. We have 11 Rexstar, clearly the most by a lot. Uh, so that's way more than half the lists. And then you've got one Rex triple bark. I believe that one is David. He actually um, ran. <laughs> that's what he ran against me over the weekend. Um, it's actually, it's surprisingly good because it's... Kyle's over here having nightmares about barks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, and he actually, uh, he did it with the the twin laser on the barks. So they, yeah. they were throwing seven dice. And um, you can like straight up wipe a B1 unit if you flank it with a bark like that. And you can set up some silly like, you know, the barks surge to hit. So you can set up some silly fire support situations too. It's, it's one of those lists that kind of takes you by surprise. Well, uh, it can also brush off like a b1 shot at it right like the th- yeah. like naked b1s or like even an e5c shot at it it can still kind of brush it off like it you know d- depending on what the dice are showing of course but yeah i mean an e5 la- uh averages three hits yeah. you strip you strip one for cover you make roll two dice you probably make one save and you take a wound like that's, and that's not if bad that's if they're not in cover yeah um, i mean that's not bad if you're especially if you're hitting their yeah. b1s you know with uh, you know power back you know mm-hmm. yeah barks are surprisingly difficult to kill um they're i think even if you account for things like agile on the steps you know step armor is made of peanut brittle if they got if they get caught flat-footed they're done mm-hmm. um barks i think are the most durable of the uh of the various bike units they're just and the hardest hitting you know they rolled seven dice when you give them the right upgrades um they the just, issue is they're not a clone trooper <laughs> Well, yes, that's one issue. The other is that they, they, um, you know, there's not a good way to get them face up orders besides uplinks and command cards. Yeah, yeah. I also think, like, to be honest, even if they had the clone trooper keyword, I don't think it would be fairly relevant. They often are like they're doing their own of, thing. It's just like it's hard to keep them with the rest of the army just yeah. because of yeah. their speed profile, right? Yep. So, yeah. Although they, if you give them a, a heavy weapon upgrade, they only move speed two, which I think is ultimately a benefit. Um, at least for clones, because it lets you keep them closer to your stuff. Um, anyway, so 11 Rex Star, the one Rex Triple Bark list, uh, two Anakins, one Saber Tank with Padme, one Obi-Wan with Padme, uh, one Double Commander, which is the double generic, and um, that's it. So uh, There are three Forest users in our Republic list. Yeah, Two I of mean, them are Anakin. I have no comment. I'm pleading the fifth on this one. So this is, um, I think, easily the least diverse of all all four factions, in that you have, like, you have eleven Rex stars, and then the next most represented archetype is two Anakin's, and then everything else is just a one off. Um, One Obi Wan. Like I I just I can't fathom it. Um, (laughs) I I don't. Uh, is this where I get to say I told you so, Zach? I don't know. Like... <laughs> no, Mike, it's not really that. Like, I understand that. I understand that Obi Wan would be underrepresented here, but the fact that there's more Anakin's and more Vaders is just kind of mind blowing to me. Um, just but, my mind blowing. I don't. Know. I don't know. I, I maybe maybe the Anakin player, the two Anakin players, have figured something out. But I mean, I, mean, I think Obi is still objectively better than Anakin for you know. A lot of reasons. Do the um, here's a question: Do the Anakin lists have Padme and Overwatches in them? They do not. Okay, never mind. I think they're. Um, I haven't specifically listed these two, but I think they're like Dodge Dodge lists. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, I get it. I just if you're yeah, gonna I do the it, Dodge thing, why not Obi Wan? Yeah. And listen, it, it, 
maybe you got to work. And I'm not trying to bash. Again, I'm not trying to bash it. If you work out of going with Anakin, I get it. But like, I don't know. Obi Wan is just better in that situation. Zach's over here, like my boy. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I wasn't expecting to see all these cloneless with Obi Wan. I'm a, I'm a realist. Okay, I understand that I fit a certain category. Just like Kyle, I need a force user. I've latched onto Obi Wan and Luke. Like I get it. I live in a different world than most people playing Republic. Okay, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not ignorant to that fact. But one Obi Wan and two Anakin's just. It just doesn't make sense for for Obi Wan to be the most underrepresented tied to for the most underrepresented force user in Invader Lee alongside Palpatine feels weird. That's just it insane to me. It's weird. Um. All right, let's do Rebels next. We'll save the sure the, the best <laughs> the for last. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I see what I did there. Uh, yeah. Um. I hate you. All right. So Rebels. Um. Now some of this is how. Um. So this is from the single Elam server. Some of this is how the poster broke these down. But um, essentially, of these archetypes, the most represented one is two. So this is going to be a little bit of a long list. Um, there's one Jin Cassian K2, one triple Wookiee double speeder, one Leia Clan Ren, one Cassian K2 double speeder, one Operative Luke air speeder, one Cassian Operative Luke, one Cassian K2 triple Mandos, one double air speeder, one Cassian K2 Operative Luke, one Cassian K2 Double Land Speeder, two Cassian K2 Chewie Triple Wookiee Lists. Um, those are surprisingly terrifying, by the way. Um, one Lando Operative Luke, one Lando Clan Ren, one Commander Luke Land Speeder, one Lando Operative Luke Triple Wookiee, one Cassian K2 Gunline, and one Operative Luke Triple Wookiee List, which I think is Bushman. Um, So while there's two archetypes, I do think there's a lot of diversity, like you've mentioned, Kyle. Yeah. Well, no, I, I mean, I mean, like, like the most, the most of a single archetype is two. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's like all of yeah. those are one of. And, and basically, what what the poster was doing was like, I think, just defining a list by its uh, commanders, operatives, and special forces, or whatever. essentially, right, right. Yeah. yeah, and or and or support and right. vehicles and stuff. Yeah. Uh, this does look like a lot of diversity to me. It's. It's a little bit deceptive because I th- Cassian and Luke are definitely heavily represented across these lists. Yep. The um, the supporting cast is very different in all of these, right? Like you've got a smattering of T-47s in different quantities and combinations. You have a smattering of Wookiees in different quantities and combinations. A lot of these lists have veterans in them. Um, you know, you've got some Sabine slash Clan Ren slash Mandos in various combinations. So, you know, you're still not seeing Han. Uh, you're still not seeing, uh, there is, uh, you know, a, like one Jin list, um, but you're still not seeing a lot of Jin. Um, there are some land speeders in here. So, there's quite a few, actually. There's yeah. one, two, three, four, five. There's, there's not many, uh, if any, ATRTs. Um, but other than that, it's, like this, this is certainly the most diverse we've seen the rebel faction in here's, a long time. Here's what these lists say to me: is that they're trying. Everyone building these lists is trying to find a way to deal with both red saves and droids at the same time, and it's very difficult to do so in a way that works if you don't practice it. I think, like every time I build a list, I always end up falling on like Lando and Operative Luke with four DLTs and like three snipers. 
But there's a lot of issues with that list because if you get flanked by something, you start losing strike teams or something like that, you're in trouble, right? Which is why I think you're seeing Wookiees and land speeders and air speeders because one, they're a little bit durable compared to like strike teams, right? They're the Wookiees are a melee centric unit that, you know, do really well flanking. Uh, air speeders and land speeders bring a, a volume of dice that are needed to kill droids, right? So like you're seeing them trying to figure out ways to kind of play both sides of the meta. My concern is that I think rebel lists are still very good and, and, I'm not, and they're going to do very well, but they're going to hit a hard counter at some point, I think, is my concern. Like a double AAT list against some of these rebel lists could just straight up, you know, murder things. Um, now, obviously objectives come into play. Rebels have always been great at objectives. Like there's, there's ways around this. I'm just, I'm going to be, in, I'm more interested to see how rebels perform in single eliminations more than anything, because I think rebels are situated still pretty great. But I need, like, we need to see the results to kind of back that up, I think. And single limbs is like a way to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, just to kind of, I guess, drill down, I think, on what you were trying to say about the splitting their focus. I, th I think generally Rebels have been like pretty good against clones just because of their large access to Pierce. They're, they've got Luke, who's like, really fundamentally i think probably the best lightsaber user in the game um operative luke at least and i think we unlike last season i think we see people being like i'm comfortable with operative luke this season like let's 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 get in there um and this is more what i expected to see last season um because i think we only saw one or two and yeah. um you know i think most of that was a standby sharing related but anyways um yeah. you know i think now, like, if Operative Luke gets in the middle of a clone list, you can just kind of handle it, right? Um, so, but I, I do think that, like, the test that these Rebels are going to be put to this season is, like, how fast they can get droid lists off the table. You know, um, clones in Empire, in my experience, generally just have the raw dice to do it, um, kind of generically. Rebels kind of struggle a little bit more with that because they are Pierce focused. They have smaller dice pools traditionally. Um, you know, you know, they they've got DLTs firing at range four as opposed to you know, take that clinkers right. <laughs> um, and and uh, it, it's more rebels have generally been more about chip damage that 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 strikes on target as opposed to large swaths of damage at one time. And when we're talking about large, you know, fifty to sixty hit point you know droid lists you just you just need to do a lot of damage very quickly um so i don't know which ones of these lists will be able to achieve that uh kyle i imagine you have more feelings on that than i do um yeah yeah I, th I think that's why you're seeing a lot of wookies in here um wookies absolutely mulch b1s when they get in there uh just because they do throw so many dice in melee, and um, you know, obviously B ones are not good in melee. <laughs> no, they're pretty bad. Um, so, um, and then you know, the, the air speeders are actually pretty good against most droid units uh, because they can flank them, and catching any droid unit out of cover is is, is good news. Um, so we'll see. It's I actually uh, seriously considered Sabine bringing Sabine myself. Um, because explosions is still amazing against B1s. 
Is she uh, not represented at all here? No, she is. The there's the, one. There's at least one list in here with the clan red lists. I think have to be. Okay. Okay. Um, She's but, just not uh, listed in the list. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got it. I got it. Um, I think all the lists that say Ren in it are both clan Ren. Yeah, yeah. I mean that yeah. makes the most sense. So right. yeah. Yeah, I actually considered something like that because, um, you know, on average with explosions, you're going to kill like three three B ones per unit that you hit, which is potentially like eighteen to twenty B ones in one shot, um, and they tend to be all clustered close together. So, but uh, you know, Sabine is. Um, not like if you run up against the force user or something and you haven't brought the electro whip, you might be in trouble. Um, there are some other situations where she's, you know, a little bit less versatile. And at least most importantly for me, I hadn't practiced with her recently. So um, I ended up scrapping that as a pot. But I do think people are sleeping on Sabine a little bit, as specifically as a droid counter, because explosions is still amazing in that context. Um, but yeah, I think I think these will do pretty well. Um, I think the Cassian K2 Chewy Triple Wookie list has more potential than I I, n- I never even put it mm-hmm. together in my head. But it's like Chewy can soak up wounds like and you know when he needs to. And like that that list packs a punch. It and does. Like, and it's got a lot of pierce. And impact. Pierce with and, impact. Yeah. So it's good against tanks. I actually really like that idea. Um I I, I hope I hope that does well. Yeah, I mean like having Chewie be able to like soak up the damage that your other Wookiees are taking on the way in is yeah it's pretty strong it is um, like those are great guardian like um units that's like a unit to, like you really want a guardian that's like yeah, you just like let guard. one through on the Wookiees trigger tenacity and just guardian the rest and, yeah you know yep yeah I think those have some potential I'm pretty excited just to see this spread of rebel lists um I don't know if anyone thought seriously you know before the points drop that we would be talking about people bringing wookies and t47s <laughs> in I a mean, serious tournament so i do love personally that there is not a ton of strike teams here um i mean there, there are strike teams right but like clearly the rebel players have decided that there are other options in that slot yep definitely yeah. They have uh, what you call uh, PTSD from arcs. Well, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean the staffs too. Like staffs can flank them hard. Barks can flank them hard. Like they can flank them, but counters. Um, offensively, uh, Civil War strike teams are actually quite good against both staffs and clones generally. Oh yeah. Between the between the native Pierce and the high velocity. They do really well against those dodge spam lists that clone players have been running. Um, so yes, they do die to arc snipers and air support. <laughs> um, <laughs> but offensively speaking, you know, if you can keep them safe, they're definitely going to plink their money's worth against any red save list. And uh, you know, they they're good against stabs too because they take away that native, native cover one. So um, yeah, I don't know. But I think generally you're right, right? Like we see lots of Wookiees and Mandalorians sprinkled in here. Um, so, and a lot of the uh, double T47 lists take like one to two strike teams instead of three. Yeah, so. I, I do think that it's really notable that almost all of the alternate special forces options we're seeing out of Rebels still have Pierce baked in. Yeah. Um, I think that's an important thing to recognize. It's kind of like uh, going back to dealing with 
red saves and being able to do mass amounts of damage. These units are a little bit more versatile at, oh, you know, I can, I can pierce saves if I need to, but I also can throw eight dice if I need to, right? Yep. Um, Better volume. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Uh, all right. So let's hit the, let's hit the droids. Yeah. So there's, this list is actually shorter. The list of different types is shorter than the, the rebel one. Um, but of course there's 38 of these. So bear with me. Uh, two Dooku's. Um, four B2 slash staff lists. Oh, are you dropping uh, the one in between I'm, there? Yeah, yeah, I'm not leaving that. Well, it's the, it's the most one, so. Sure. Um, three double AAT lists. I'm kind of surprised there's not more of those. Shock. Uh, three mall lists. Um, two mall AAT lists. Three B2 AAT lists. Three mall slash Dooku lists. Um, one AAT staff list. One Grievous list two straight B2 spam lists, uh, two mall slash B2 lists, which is what I'm running, and then um, one mall stab list. And then 11, 13 oh. activation uh, B1, BX stab lists. Um, so clearly of these, like there are 38, um, 11 of them are essentially the same or similar. And then the other 29, that's, I'm not doing 27, are, rel are fairly different. Um, there are only six of these 38 lists that have either Dooku or Grievous in them. So 32 of the 38 lists have a T-Series commander in them. <laughs> or, or a field commander. Or a field commander, yes. Um, so yeah, thoughts? I'm taking deep breaths. Hold on a second. Yeah, uh, I'll let Zag take some deep breaths here. Um, so I, I think this says two things. First, um, there's just as many Rex lists as there are 13 activation stat lists. I think it's important to point that out meta-wise um, in that the disparity between how many CIS lists there are and the rest of the field is not predicated on the 13 activation stat thing being a thing, right? Um, it's just because separatists are perceived to be really good right now, regardless of what you're playing, I think. Well, and, and good in different, like... They like, have... So, well, you go ahead, Gal. There's been a perception about droids, which I think has been mostly true, um, almost since their release, but that, that they essentially have had the best internal balance of all the factions. Yeah. Which means they have like the, the, the biggest, well, the smallest range of units that are not competitive. Yep. Um, or the biggest range of units that are competitive. Um, so if you set aside like, you know, cross faction balance, then. Like if you want to play a lot of different things, then droids have been viewed as something that lets you do that. So um, I think that certainly is a good thing. We'll see, uh, you know, if these, I don't think you'll be going to be able to just look at like the representation of the top X lists and determine how many of them are separatists and take that as like a determining factor of cross-faction balance because it's half the field <laughs> yeah so. it, it's kind of a problem in, right. in, in that like um if a separate like literally you could just flip a coin right now uh, take player skill and stuff out of the equation and like 
set, like on ahead separatists should win the tournament right right um yeah which is insanity so i'm gonna i'm much more interested to see and we will have access to this because bushman is amazing um like the actual cross-faction win rates once that all shakes out as like a percentage um and then also by commander you know there's only six grievous dooku lists among these 38 i'm rooting for them but uh um clearly the the field commander and or uh, mo mostly the t-series are very popular in these um so we'll see how this shakes out uh i'm hoping my 10 activations droids is, <laughs> is enough um but yeah we'll see yeah, I do think that, you know, what this says to me is that um, people have decided that perfect order control is how they would like to play Legion for, for like, you know, I, I don't know. Like Are all these lists. That? What's you up? Know, they're not really wrong for it. I, I'm um, not, I mean, like, first of all, I, I'm not sure that, um, like, clearly perfect order control is a good thing. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that's why we see the versa, you know, so many different things in the separatist lineup. People can play what they want because they feel like they have the ability to do so. Um, and I think part of that is like, and just from like an ease of play perspective, um, you know, being able to always have orders on the things that you want makes it easier to play things that are harder to play. Right. Like if, if, if you've got a bunch of stuff that um for instance like if you're playing invader triple dewbacks or whatever like it's harder to have orders on the things that you need to have orders on yep. you know to, to make it work right so like I, you know that i'm not calling out that list but for a specific reason i just like that other factions have challenges with that and the better you are at this game the more you're able to manage that um so I just, I think separatists, there's a little bit of an allure there. And like, I don't have, mm. there's this thing I don't have to worry about, right? I don't have to worry about like knowing when to pull from my bag or not. or And, you know, like, and like what to do if I pull the wrong thing. Um, and it, it does, I mean, it helps you run time insensitive units in greater quantities. Absolutely. Right? Like there's a reason that staffs are viewed as the quote unquote best bike unit and it's because they have coordinate yep um i think i think bike units in general are so timing sensitive that uh like if you don't have a way to consistently get them face-ups they're just now barks might be good enough because they have so much beef anyway um but like the reason you're not seeing imperial speeder bikes is because it's hard to consistently get control of them and i almost I mean, clearly there's a price at which you would take them and just fish them out of your bag every turn. But personally, I wish, like, I feel like all bikes should just have coordinate. You know, I, I wish know, Empire I bikes just had that. coordinate. I don't um, agree with that at all. I think it would okay. be terrible. We'd be living in a horrible world. Well, and maybe, maybe, maybe you would have to adjust their costs accordingly, right? Like, if you give Empire bikes coordinate, maybe you bump up their costs, right? Um, and you probably, like, Staps might need a cost bump, too. Um, we don't, you know, we don't have to talk about such things on this podcast right now, but, um, you know, I, it does make timing sensitive stuff easier to run in greater quantities. I will say that not all of these are perfect order control lists, specifically the lists that feature B2s are much more quote unquote traditional, 
Uh, I, I agree. Um, I th- and I think it's fair to point that out. I do think like the strength of the B2 unit, you know, again, we're talking about like the versatility of what you can do with this faction. I, I almost think that like separatists just like they have kind of like a bunch of mini factions within their faction sort of as far as like how lists are constructed, right? Like um, building out a b2 list as opposed to a b1 list is almost like playing a completely different faction um yeah you know, to, some, to some extent right it, it's it's like the difference between playing clones and empire right um i wouldn't quite go that far but I, it's um, probably a little I, I, I see what you're getting you at know. it's very different style yeah totally in, in a way that like rebel lists run core units with dlts and z6s like that's what they do right and um you know clone lists were in phase ones and phase twos and while they're different they're really like not that different you know um i think it's probably more similar to like a shore list versus a storm list as far as being different from each other i guess um i i have personally um I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I think per- perfect order control is overrated. I do too. Um, I think we discussed this last week. Did we? <laughs> I think we I, did. I've personally let... Maybe not to this degree. Last week was I... so long ago, I don't remember. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. Which, um, which is sad because today's Monday. We recorded on Wednesday, but it feels like it was three weeks ago. Yeah. So. I feel like it is important to make sure that you... Like with all factions, not just with droids, it's important to make sure that you have control of your focus pieces. But if you're only running, you know, one, two, three of those, you can manage that most of the time without coordinate anyway. And that's part of part of why I like the B2 lists is because you can sort of just like if I run Maul with B2s, Maul's gonna have a face up every turn. And if I've got a fish a B2 out of my bag, and in that bag is also a BX sniper, um, that's fine. <laughs> like. Yeah. I, you know, I, um, I'm, that's okay. And I like, at least with the B2s, I like having the flexibility to use them like a more traditional core unit where I can just kind of use them in whatever part of the battlefield I want. We did talk about this last week, but one of the things that's problematic about B1s is there's only a specific area where you can use them and that's near all your other B1s, (laughs) um, wherever that happens to be. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. There's 38 of these. Uh, clearly, that is a lot. Um, we'll see how this shakes out. It's what is it? Seven rounds of elims? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, um, seven rounds for some people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, most like, people have to play a play-in round, Mike. Not all <laughs> of us can. Not all of us can be the number two seed with, you know. Uh, so. Yeah. I think even most four and ones, I think have a, I think it's just five and O's that are like basically strictly, strictly exempt from a. Yeah. I think there's a couple of four ones that have a. Yeah. Have by. Um, so anyway, I'm playing, um, I guess possibly by the time you hear this cast. Um, so. Against one of those stupid lists that I've somehow have kept my tongue tied. It's okay. Keep, yeah. keep, keep your, keep your tongue yeah. bit. I know, and it's it, trust me. I, I've shackled myself. I, there's reasons I've kept myself shackled. Uh, we've discussed how many times I've had vulgar rants before in postcast about this 13 <laughs> activation list. Um, and well, and I'll, I'm trying to keep it that way. I am. I'm trying hard to 
because yeah, there's a lot of reasons why I'm trying to keep myself uh, contained here. Well, maybe they'll all just clock out and lose. Uh, well, you know what, Kyle? <laughs> you know, I may have uh, stepped away from being a judge, but one of the last things I did was make sure the chess clocks go through. And part of that was because I had fear that we were going to have these 13 activation lists. I'm not going to lie. I expected more than 11. So, yay, I got a little win there. There's only 11 of them. Um but I have a lot of problems uh, with the 11 as it is, but that's besides the point. Well, I know lo- chess clocks as, is another story, but yeah, as long as we're talking about separatists, I do want to mention that the majority of the separatist lists have very high bids, which is insane. Like, and, and I'm not talking like eight or nine, I'm talking no. like 20. Um, I think including the 13 activation one, I, I don't know what it's yeah those run like 15 to 20 all yeah. you have to do is cut an e5c and you have an 18 point bid yeah like, so um, and that's what most of them do they cut a heavy weapon for that's what i would yeah. do yeah if i was running it i would never run it but <laughs> so i just like um you know i don't know how much are the dooku grievous list bidder i'd have to look it can't be much or and if they it. are it's it's gonna feel bad right I think Griffin posted something yeah. in competitive chat earlier. Um, I mean, the day. I guess my question is if, if, if the implication you're making is that this is a cost issue, is this a T series commander cost issue or is it say, and maybe we could do a separate thing about uh, this, but. Uh, so my, my gut here says that if these lists are taking 20 point bids, like even raising the price really doesn't fix the issue. They're having their cake and they're eating it too. Yes, that's, I think th- that's what this says to me. Like yes. you're taking somewhere between 11 and 13 activations and you have a 20 point bid. Like it should be, it, so yeah, like to me, like a 13 activation list that has three strike teams and basically six units with five to six units with heavy weapons and three bikes that also gets to take a 20 point bid and order control i mean you know, i know i know that's whatever it's just, it's i, I inherent. don't care i get that. it i know um i don't I, you know i think like i would have a problem with this if rebels could take a 13 activation tauntaun list and also have a 20 point bid right, right. um you know i just i get it i mean i, I yeah, think that I, there I, are issues there that need to be looked at as well i, I think mike and i discussed this and, and it almost feels like like an activation cap would be like the most ideal like kind of thing for the situation that's probably never going to happen so like like there's you got to find other ways to do it or i shouldn't say never but like i don't know if that's ever across their mind on a way of doing it right but like inherently that's how you could fix the situation somewhat i mean i got a lot of thoughts about this list and and I've had a lot of thoughts about this list and it's been on my mind quite often. Um, the T series is what enabled it. And I think that the T series was meant to enable other things. And what the inherent problem is, is that competitive Legion starting with Rex star and arc star last season is that it's becoming more of a sheet game versus an actual game. Like, like the list that you're seeing mostly run are basically thrown into a number generator and more people are going to start running them when they see that those 
skew list and not, not skew in the sense of skew, but like, uh, you know, all these wounds and all these dice that could be thrown, the numbers just keep on creeping up for that list. People are going to see it. They're going to start playing it. And I make this joke all the time on the discord. I don't play this game to play. I was going to swear, swear that I don't play this game to play an F and spreadsheet, you know, a spreadsheet. We do, but to a point, right? Like I, I'm, I'm talking like the way that this is the way that this list is built. In the I way don't that think Star this Wars list is good. Well, that's the thing, Mike. You and I have had this discussion, and again, I'm trying to keep myself contained. I'm not convinced the list is good either. I think that if it comes across like a double AAT list or like a mall AAT list, or Rex or Rex list, like I think I think the Rex Star lists are honestly in a really good position against this list. I'm not. I've had this conversation so many times. Arc Star and Rex Star last season in Invader League, when Stand by Sharing Murder thing way more degenerate way worse for a negative play experience this is just a different kind of play experience that i just don't prefer and my problem is is that we're getting to a point where more and more people are starting to play those kinds of things because it's what works or, or it or what seems like it could work right like the the preface is there that it could work because we've, we're seeing that lists like this can do it now i hope every 13 act list crashes and burns i hope it goes into both tatooine sons and just they blow up every android all right i just bleep myself out from saying it again um and that's not to hate on anyone running that list i understand why you're doing it but i hate that list i'm going to hate that list and inherently i might hate you for it temporarily zach's just starting this conversation like no right. offense but <laughs> so i have i have one small counterpoint to yeah. something you said early in your um rant there yeah and uh this could be is... way worse i just want to let you know this could be this could be way I know. <laughs> yeah I, this game has always been yes heavy on math and efficiency sure i mean the first year of the game by far the most prevalent list for both rebels and empire was six z6s or dlts three snipers a support commander and boba fett or luke skywalker yeah and a um, like, right and it. you know like and it's because people mathed out the heavies on those various core units and they were like okay z6 is the most efficient one dlt is the most efficient one sniper strike teams you know um so uh i don't think that aspect has changed i will say that i'm encouraged by generally speaking aside from the faction skew here, the diversity of these lists. Yeah. yeah. Um, like there are a lot of different types of lists here. And I think this is the most intern, you know, as far as internal faction diversity, the most diverse lists have been in recent memory. Um, people are experimenting a lot. And I think that's a good thing. So. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think it just like, revisiting the, the 13 activation thing I, I just think it's like um again I, I don't think it's particularly good particularly against the list that i'm running i think my list kind of rips it apart um but like the the fact that you could like increase the t-series droid by like 50 points wouldn't matter and it probably wouldn't it like, would matter i mean like it would just be 12 activations right and it, you'd cut a strike team and and it would like it, it really doesn't change the list that much right no. um 
I think it'd be really bad though at 12 activations. I mean, I think it's pretty bad at 13. But... Well, sure. But... <laughs> I, but I don't think it would be like, you know. But uh, clearly you could still run it. I'm just not sure you would want to. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, you know, I, I just like, um, I think be... the the fundamental question here is like, what is in it isn't like okay as far as like how many activations you should be able to take yeah. in a standard list right right um that are effective right like no, no other faction can take 13 units that all do things yeah you know um and so and, and take a heavy bid like that's you know that's interesting to say the I mean, least um the the one good thing, and I, and I mentioned it again, and it's a whole other discussion, and Mike, I know you have thoughts on it, so I'm not trying to go down a rabbit hole, okay? But I, I really seriously am glad that chess clocks are a thing, uh, especially when something like this exists. And I'm saying that because if, like, this was for LVO and we showed up at LVO and I saw a 13-act droid list against me and I have two and a half hours to get that game in and we don't have split time, it's, you know, it's, it's shared time, um, in the wrong sense, I would have genuine concern uh, of completing that game. Um, chess clocks kind of eliminate that problem with this, at least. It's not, it's less abusable. Um, and I'm not saying people will play it to abuse it, but some people might. Um, that's just how it happens sometimes, you know? Um, and that's one area that, the, that could be affected here. And, and maybe it's a good thing for chess clocks. Like maybe it's a good first outing for them. Right. Um, but. Well, it's an experiment. It, yeah. It's an experiment, yeah. right? It's an experiment. Um, I'm, no, glad it, I'm glad it's happening now to be fair. On that note, speaking of people that are playing in single elims, uh, please treat this as like an exercise where it's mutual. <laughs> like if just don't like do like if your opponent forgets to pass the clock and you realize it, don't just do an activation on their time. Yeah. <laughs> Not say anything, please. Um, I, I, I practiced with yeah. him over the weekend and I was constantly forgetting. It's, it's horrible. Pass. I like, I don't. Yeah. I'm not going to complain about this, uh, but yeah. Okay. It'd be, it'd be great if there was some feature in the mod where you could hit that end activation button and it would just pass the clock automatically. Yeah. I just like, yeah. I, I don't know. I've played like hundreds of games on TTS adding like something I have to do at the end of act every activation is like a, like a super habit I have to break, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And it just, it's, you know, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's all of us. If you took the rage that I have for 13 activation droids and the rage that Mike has for chess clocks, you would have the second second big bang. That's what I think you would have. Nah, dude, you'd have the you have the Galactic Empires. What, what, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is what what about me? What's my You're dead if like you keep a, us in line. Okay. Yeah. What, what you do you rage about, Kyle? You, Kyle, I, how many, I, I think I say it to you like five times a day. And I say, Kyle, I respect your your niceties here, but take a step back. And be mean for once. Like I'm pretty sure I say that multiple times Embrace a day. the dark side. I feel I feel left out. I feel like I need a soapbox. Like I'm always like Kyle, stop being like so nice to people and too. doing this. Why are you being so nice, Kyle? Um. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see. I mean, this Invader League, like all Invader Leagues, is a test bed for what the real world is supposed to look like. You know. Um. I think at the end of this, we're gonna find that. 
um, separatist lists and republic lists. Uh, the separatist lists are going to get shredded by Rexstar for the most part, I think. Um, I thought you were going a different direction. I was going to say I think the thirteen actroid list sucks on a real table, but it's in real life. I think it's TTS. I don't. I don't think it's any better or worse on a real table than it is on TTS. Um, just because, like, it inherently, it doesn't really care about the table that's sort of the point of the list is that like it cares about like don't get me wrong it cares about cover it definitely right. cares about and, cover and cover like covers that. huge but but like the fundamentally the crux of the list is being able to last first your opponent without yeah. without without interruption yeah, right repercussion um and like that's going to happen in the real world or online. It doesn't really matter where is the cover a little better on TTS. Yeah, probably. Um, but like the staff situation is not that different. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we get, we can, it, the way I feel about it is once you get the staffs, like the rest of the list really doesn't matter anyways, you know, yeah, totally. like, um, after you kill the staffs, it's just a bunch of B ones, which is like, it's, whatever. Just, it's a question of how much damage you took in the process. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and or how quickly you can take out the staffs. Well, that's, what, what I mean yeah. is how much damage you take in eliminating the staffs. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so one, once the staffs are gone, like cover or not, like you're going to, you're either going to be able to deal with it or not. And and yes, maybe you're able to deal with it a little bit more on real real tables because there's less cover. But yeah. I think overall, um, I don't think that that threshold is that different. It's because it's it's more of like a turn threshold. Like, did you do it by turn three? Or because if you if it's the end of turn five and you're doing it, it's way too late, right? Um, so... It's it's not that different structurally from like the old school Tauntaun lists where right it's like you, you gotta kill the Tauntauns how, how quickly early. can you kill the Tauntauns totally. I hated those yeah. lists too just so everyone knows I, hated I yeah, yeah yeah totally I mean it, it's it's the same sort of deal um, just want to make sure I'm not being discriminatory to uh, droids yeah, I mean, if, frankly, the premise is the same, right? It's load it as is. many activations you can, backload your firepower. The difference is the separatist list gets a bunch of act, you know, activations from there that like and heavy weapons. actually can kill things, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So and and yeah. So um, we'll see. I I I would like to say I don't expect their next to take down the tournament. However, they're there are so many separatists that it just might. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't know. it's an eighth of the list, right? Well, and I actually think that they're they're posed pretty well against the rebels yeah. and the other separatist lists yep. because, totally. frankly, um, what's what separatists hate because their dudes just die when they get shot um, is when people are when they're out activated right like if you're out activated and your opponent gets to just like move up and shoot you and take four b1s off the table if they get to do that three or four times um like that's a that's a huge problem yeah. and uh so so i think i think the 13 act list will actually kind of prey upon the other separatists it's actually kind of a weird thing going on there um like with tauntauns where they would crush other rebels basically totally and um so i I think flat circle it is i I think the thing is that like 
again, like Tauntauns against clones, like again, standby sharing, uh, you know, whatever. But like, because clones can share tokens and because of their saves, like they have the ability to with, withstand that initial, you know, surge of damage and just like kick back at you. And I think with the addition of things like air support, take that clankers and arc strike teams, like you can't really wait to make the attack because the clones are just going to shoot you up before you get there if you wait. Um, so you kind of have to, unless you get like a line of sight blocker that can hide three steps that you can do donuts behind, <laughs> uh, you know, which I, I haven't seen any on those invader league tables nope but. all right you guys got any final thoughts have fun around the playing around kyle um yeah. and uh hopefully i will meet you at a later time <laughs> we i got a long way to get there before that happens <laughs> we are in the same quadrant so conceivably yeah. if both of us go undefeated we would meet in the top eight i think I believe that is correct. Top yeah. eight or top 16, I think. Yeah. So. Um, so I hope that we both get there. I'm going to take it one game at a time against uh, um, 13 activation German engineering. Uh, so and we'll go from there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm rooting for 69 out of 80 people. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, Zach, I am. I'm very. My heart is warm that you included the droid lists that are not 13 activations. I in don't that. mind, honestly. Uh, I, I, I've, again, I've had these conversations so often. I, I don't hate like droid lists. I think droid list building is fantastic. It is it is this specific uh, list idea that I hate? That's all. That's fair. Just right. just yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we are the notorious scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm Mike. I'm Zach. See you next week.